0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Remote Real Estate Investor. Today on the episode, we had Michael Fabrini sharing about his story, and he's actually a Roofstock customer, recently bought two properties, and has some really, really good insights for you guys, really practical takeaways and tips on how to overcome your fears and just execute and finally get in the game. In today's episode, I'm also joined by another Michael, Michael Albom. Say hi, Michael. Hey, everybody. So in case you can't differentiate our voices, this is what my
1: voice sounds like, and you'll hear Michael's in a minute.
0: All right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Michael, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. This is going to be a fun one because I'm joined by Michael Albom and now we have Michael Fabrini. So we got Michael F and Michael A. So I'm going to be asking <laughs> Michael A. Yeah, <laughs> Michael questions and you guys are both going to chime in at the same time. But Michael, for our listeners, give us a quick background. Where are you from? <laughs> Let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm Folsom, California, which is right outside Sacramento. Awesome. And we actually had an episode recently where we started with goal setting and why do people get into real estate? So Before we
2: get into all the details about you, what attracted you to real estate investing? It'd have to be the passive income, being able to achieve financial independence and and wanting to work because I wanted to work, not necessarily because I would have to. That was the biggest attraction for me personally.
1: And Michael, are you a W-2 employee? You've got a standard job.
2: I do. Yep. Yep. I'm a director of finance for a large distributor of specialty and organic foods. So yeah, real estate is, you know, exciting, but it's not my full-time gig by any means. Okay. Awesome.
1: And how long have you been the director of finance
2: over there? Uh, about a year and a half now. That's actually a funny story. I was bartending through college through my okay. seven years to get my bachelor's, right? Like a few of us have, have made Like Van fun. Wilder. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it took awesome. Me it took me a bit. But uh, so I was bartending through college. I was studying finance. I always liked the power of money, right? And not just for the materialistic aspect, but, you know, the power of leverage and return on investments. It just always fascinated me. I'm talking with one of my bar regulars one night about studying finance. And he says, you know who I am, right? And I said, no, you're Peter and your wife's joy. And you guys split a salad and you always have a glass of Chardonnay. And And you tip well. And you tip well, right? <laughs> and he goes, no, I'm the chief financial officer for you know this food distributor that's here in Sacramento. And I leaned in and I said, oh, okay. Didn't know that. Long story short, he offered me an internship. He's been a mentor and great friend ever since. And from eight years, he's really raised me up from an intern to now director of finance. So it's kind of an interesting story. Awesome. And throughout
1: that journey, did you have any experience or dabble with real estate at all?
2: Yeah. So I bought my first house that I'm still sitting in right now back in 2010 after the economy took a little dip after the, you know, the Great Recession. That was my first house, my primary purchase. Yeah. Okay, Good time cool. to buy. Yeah, yeah. It was a great time to, yeah. time to buy. Killer
0: time to buy. Yeah. Yeah. It's treated me well. I mentioned this before we started recording, but a lot of people write in wanting to know like step one to actually buying a property, what does it look like? Do you go and find a market first? Do you find a lender agent? All these things. So, take us to step one. You decide you want to invest in real estate. Yep. What's, what's the first thing
2: you go out and do? Yeah. So you know the way I approached it, you know, was was really setting up. I'll say my support network. You know, I read blogs and forums and books religiously, just trying. You know, where where did I kind of want to land? My first investment home, first right, being in California, especially here in the local area in Sacramento, you know, a three bedroom, two bath, you know, is roughly about four to five hundred thousand dollars. And I knew from doing the research that putting down twenty five percent as an investment home, I didn't have one hundred twenty five thousand dollars in cash laying around, and a lot of the investments around here didn't really pencil out. So for me, it kind of started with where do I want to look? Where's the research? Where's where's a growing area. I got to make sure I can find a lender that can operate in those states first, right? So then that was kind of my first step. Where do I want to land? Where do I think the best return on investment would be?
0: You know, we're all based in California. So I think a lot of people, it's like that's step one, right? Figure out, okay, can I invest locally? Maybe not. Okay, now it's like remote. And now so, so the next step was looking for a market. Did you hone in on a specific one? Or did you kind of like, Look for cash flow, you know, a lot of people just look up like cash flow markets and start there. So how did you even start looking for a market?
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because before Roofstock, I didn't really, you know, I was like, okay, I'd like to buy in Tucson. That's where I first started looking. And it was because I had family there. And I thought, all right, if something were to go wrong, or if I need to have a contractor come over, or if I need to use someone I can trust, I can ask a family friend in Tucson to help me find someone in the local area to help me with this home, right? It's going to be a 1,000 miles away. It's kind of scary. And so for the longest time, it was just, okay, I'm going to invest in Tucson. It's going to be somewhere out there. Until, you know, really until I'd stumbled upon Roofstock. And then it opened up this entire different landscape of possibilities that I could invest in because now there was vetted professionals from property managers to agents to inspectors that I was like, oh, now I don't have to just limit myself to, to just Tucson. And so then I kind of took a step back. was okay, now I need to start researching even more. <laughs> you know, I need to check out Memphis, and I need to check out Florida. I need to check out Alabama. I need to check out Texas because before, it wasn't an option for me. It was too far. It was too, I don't want to say scary, but really it was, I, mean, I wouldn't even know where to start buying someplace 3,000 miles away from home.
1: And so, how did you physically go about doing the research and coming to a conclusion?
2: My best friend, I'd actually told him about Roofstock first, right? So, I said, hey, okay. you know, I know we've always been talking about buying some real estate. I said, you got to check out this website I stumbled onto. And so... He looks at it and he's a guy of action. And so in 30 days, he buys in Birmingham, Alabama. I said, wait, you can't can't buy me for me. I told you about this.
1: (laughs) That's great. um, And
2: we've always been competitive, right? So I'm like, okay, well, all right. I guess that means I got to buy two. And so- I'll see
1: your one and raise your one.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's exactly what happened, right? And so he bought and I'm I'm keeping in touch with him throughout throughout his deal. You know how are things working? How's it going? Any bumps in the road? And he's, he goes, "No. You know that the scariest part was pulling the trigger, but you know the the transaction coordinator was there to help. His loan went through without any issues. He, there was a property manager already in place. They already had a tenant waiting for him when he took possession of the property, and it went so well. I was like, okay. And so I kind of got on his coattails a bit. And I said." who was your property manager out there and, and which transaction coordinator do you use? And, uh, and so he sure was kind thing. of, he was the early adopter, even though I had found it first, he, he did it. And I said, all right, well, let me give Jason a call and let me give Taylor, the decas group a call. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, I started talking to the local property manager and local agents and they're saying, yeah, you know, look in these areas, these are nice up and coming areas. These are a little bit more of your maybe risky, but high, high return. And so once I kind of had that that inlet to some connections, then then I was like, okay, I know I want to end up in close to Birmingham, Alabama, you know, three plus star neighborhood, something, you know, sub X amount of dollars. And so it all worked out. Yeah.
1: But awesome. And when was this? What year? So I
2: bought my fur going back to your, you know, crazy one, I bought my first one about this was back in December. So about okay. 60 days after my best friend bought his, and then to, to raise him up one, I just closed on my second house in Center Point, Alabama about 30 days ago.
1: Oh, That's nice. Congratulations.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a blast. Been a blast. Very exciting.
1: How's it been going since?
2: Going well. You know, it's, with everything happening right now, right, with COVID and stuff, it's, I thought I'd have more bumps in the road. And, and truly, there there haven't been. So the first place I bought, there was already a tenant in place. And like I said, it went really well. Property managers there, they're just fantastic. That tenant's lease has since ended. They vacated, turning the property right now, doing a little bit of repairs. Just went on the market. So looking forward to getting that one rented out soon. And then the one I just closed on 30 days ago in Center Point, Alabama, a little bit more repairs to do there. There was an the above-ground pool; we're taking out, and a couple of you know things to get in. But it should be on the market here in a week or two. I'm excited to to get them both filled. Nice. Great, Michael A. Michael A. I got yeah, a question for
0: you me. on that. <laughs> you've had a couple of lease ups right now too, right? And you, yeah. we were talking about this offline, but you've actually been kind of surprised with how quickly you've kind of been able to get tenants, even given in. Like this environment, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been very pleasantly surprised with. We just had it. I just had a um, a rehab that I finished up on an eight unit building, and so <clears throat> was fully vacant. Was pretty concerned with not being able to get any tenants in place with everything that's going on right now. we and we know we've been having lease ups with a really high degree of success. We're our price points a little bit lower than we were shooting for, but still totally acceptable. And I think it just hasn't been as bad as as people have we're projecting, we're anticipating, at least out in the markets that I'm in, I'm sure that there are people that are, are significantly more affected and that haven't been able to collect the rents that were being talked about. But at least in my experience, it just hasn't been this tidal wave never came to fruition. And I'm knocking on wood now because I am so thankful for that and hope it continues through through May and through June. That's, that's good. To hear. Yeah. So, Michael F., talk us through a little bit about how you finance these properties. Was it traditional was it all cash was it something hybrid
2: yeah i don't want to say pretty boring but yeah both of them were traditional put 25 percent down and just went through a, a you know a normal i say a normal lender but a normal lending process traditional financing yeah pretty run-of-the-mill boring is sometimes the best you know how did, it, it, how did you find it, it's lender? easy right yeah it was, it was, the, it was easy. the kiss principle yeah keep right keep it simple yeah, and I'll, I'll leave the last one out. But uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's with you. you kind of went back to you know, if I'm a W two employee, that the the biggest thing for me that's been a benefit with all this is just how how easy and set up the process was, especially for a mm. newbie like myself to get into single family rentals. It was, oh, you know, how am I going to find a lender that can lend in Alabama? I can't use the same person I used on my primary residence. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe they could, but, you know, I know they can only operate in maybe certain states, but it was all there. And it was just, you know, hey, here's boom, 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 i do this, then that, and that. So I kept it easy, kept it simple. That way I focused on my, my day job, but still was trying to build some, you know, portfolio.
1: Awesome. And do you think you could have done this or intend to now do this outside of the Roofstock platform?
2: You know, I think I probably could, but I don't know why mm. I mean personally I'm not just trying to say and, and sell it but you know I don't know why the the, the biggest thing especially when you know 3,000 miles across the United States there's risk I mean there's risk even probably renting a place by own the place next door right from a mm-hmm. tenant from someone not being there from repairs and so then you take away that option to to touch it to see it in person right I bought two houses in Alabama and I've I've never flown out there. I haven't seen them besides you know, the inspection reports and, and phone calls with the agent. So I could probably do it. But having those guarantees that Roofstock has with when it's rent-ready, and if you don't rent it in the first 45 days, then 75% of your market rent is covered. If you don't like your purchase after 30 days, you can re- return it. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's more risky to go buy a used car now because I can't return that after 30 days. Right. And then, you know, as a buyer, I pay, you know, a small marketplace fee that covers the inspection that I would have normally have had to pay if I bought the house anyway. So, yeah, I could probably go outside your stock and use my agent and my property manager that i make connections with, but there's no viable reason for me to want to do that. There's no, you know.
0: And... Can you share, by the way, we did not pay Michael F to say that. No, yeah,
2: absolutely not. (laughs) I I feel like I'm trying to, you know, yeah, they did. It's just, it's, uh, yeah, that's why I was so excited when I had the opportunity. I was like, yeah, because I wish I had this this platform years ago to do this. Right?
1: You and me
0: both. Yeah, yeah. I got something I want to ask you. So you may have just answered it, but, you know, I think... Anytime you're, you're buying your first piece of real estate, it's super scary, right? You, you have no experience. And then you add, you know, being a remote real estate investor, you never go see the home. You know, most people don't see the home. Like, you're taking a big leap of faith. And a lot of people, I remember when I when I bought my first property, people thought I was kind of crazy. And so that only adds to the fear. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, what helped you get over that fear and that scariness?
2: I don't know, bro, so you just got to do it. I mean, if you really want something... Right, you got to do it, and you know anything worthwhile is worth doing, right? And so, if you, you know, I wouldn't say don't jump in without doing your research and your diligence and making sure you've got all your ducks in a row, whether that's personally or financially. But at the same time, you know, if a good deals are out there, and great deals are probably even more rare. By the time you're done mulling over a great deal. Someone else has already executed on it, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. I mean, everything you read out there is just like you just got to you got to execute. It's one of my favorite words, right? You just, just got to execute. You got to do it. But Emil, to your point, yeah, my I, my friends, my family, they're going. Wait, you haven't been out there. You haven't. You've never seen, seen it. it? <laughs> you've never seen it. You're buying in Alabama, three thousand miles away, and you've never seen a place. so you know? well. Yeah, I didn't buy it. Actually. But two. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, if, if it was an hour down the street, I wouldn't drive by it every day. I have to trust my, my inspectors and my partners and my network to help me make the best decision.
0: Yeah. We listen to the bigger pockets podcast every now and then. There's this guy, David Green. He's one of the co hosts. He's a remote real estate investor. Michael, you, Michael A, you bring this up a lot is that even if, you know, he has, he's not a contractor, even if he was walking the home, he wouldn't know what's wrong with it, right? Like you, you can go physically see it, but the inspection is what tells you what you need to know about the property. And so it's, I always love that like idea of even if you were to go physically look at it, if it's a, a rental property and investment, does it really change much?
1: So yeah, the other thing to keep in mind too, is that once you go see and experience the property your personal biases are inadvertently going to show up and you can't unsee and unexperience those things. So if you show up to a market and say, oh my God, I would never live here. Or I would never let my family live here. You might be turned off to that market where it might be a really great investment opportunity, but because it's not good for you as a primary, you're thinking, wow, well, I would never I'd never be here. So I think it when we can really put ourselves at arm's length and look at the facts and the figures much more so than how a uh, market makes us feel we can really get down and say, well, it's either a yes or a no, either checks our buy box or it doesn't. We don't have a a line item in the buy box that says, how does it make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) So Michael, now that you've, you know, you've, you've executed and you've experienced a little bit was talk to us a little bit about your strategy going into it. I mean, was it always designed to be turnkey or value add, or, or what do you, what were you thinking, and now having done it, what are you planning next?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, with my first one, I did kind of want to, with getting my feet wet, I didn't want to take on, i don't don't say, too much with the mm-hmm. first one, right? So I wanted something that was, yeah, rent ready, ready to go, positive cash flow, just to again to execute, but not have too much on my plate to where I go, oh, I can't do that again, right? I didn't mm-hmm. want to ruin it for myself because I was really excited. Yeah. So yeah, I just I, it was it was mostly turnkey. It was you know, three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, nice property in a good neighborhood. I said, yep, I want it.
1: Perfect, perfect. Yep. And so now, again, having done that, is your strategy changing at all or are you going to kind of rinse and repeat?
2: Yeah, so yeah, both properties so far, yeah, have been really kind of turnkey. I would love to get into something, that rehab, or that burr type of, of investing. But again, and I think there's something potentially on the horizon with roofstock around that, but again, for for me being a W two employee and being 3,000 <laughs> 3, miles away, like I don't know the contractors out there. <laughs> I know my property management could potentially, you know, they have they'll have contractors come over and then they tack on a small fee for helping manage the project, and that's okay. But you know, I can't go sit at the auction courthouse steps in, in mm-hmm. Alabama and buy something and and mm-hmm. work with contractors. I've got you know my my priorities my day job while still trying to build my real estate portfolio. So I would like to pivot in a long-winded answer. And uh, I'm looking forward to some potential things that may be in the pipeline or, or opportunities to do that. But as of right now, just turnkey just, just due to that. Love it.
1: Love it. Do you see yourself expanding into any other asset class, you know, small multifamily or maybe
2: commercial multifamily at some point? Absolutely. Absolutely. Would would love to do all of it. So My man. First two so far, just single family rentals. Would love to do multi, you know, small complex. Being in the world of of food distribution and my primary job and us having 59 distribution centers across the United States and and everyone begging for room. I understand, you know, the importance of commercial space as well and how valuable that can be.
1: Welcome to the dark side. (laughs) 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 That's great. That's great. And so, Michael, now... Looking back in hindsight, it's always 2020. Yeah. Is there anything you would have done differently, or are really Ooh. glad that you did? Tell us about what you would change about the process. What would you keep the same?
2: I would love to say that I would. I wish I started earlier.
1: Yeah, Every, all of us, you and everybody else in real estate. It's it's such a common common yeah. thing here.
2: I wish I started earlier, but again, at the same time, I I don't know how I really could have in mm-hmm. California. And a the day job or while well, going to school at night, you know, it was just, I, I didn't know Do did I fly, fly somewhere to check it out. Again, it was, just, I wish I could have started earlier, but I don't really know how and everything's worked out really well so far. So, you know, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't do too many things differently. i would just, yeah, somehow would have wish I could have started earlier, but I don't know how.
0: Okay. Great answer. Yeah, there's always that saying like, I've always seen it floating around. It's like, when was the best time to buy real estate 10 years ago? When's the next best time today? So as long as you're getting started. Yeah. yeah, It's period. never too late. Never too late. Going through the process, what were the best parts and worst parts? We always like to to make sure we, we capture, you know, there's fun, exciting stuff. And there's things yeah. that are a little more grueling, a little tougher about the process. So kick us off with what were the best parts of buying these rental properties and then take mm-hmm. us into maybe some of the tougher, more challenging parts. Okay. Yeah, definitely.
2: Now, I was going to say
0: that the dark side. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it's so, it, like you said, Emil, it's so important to highlight this stuff because all people ever talk oh, about right. are the wins. Oh, yeah. oh, I crushed it on this one. Cash right? on cash. It's such a good turnkey. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like that's that's not mm, reality. Yeah. The reality is this stuff is hard and sometimes yeah. we lose. So I'm, I'm also curious here, Michael, to, to hear about Yeah. You know, yeah. Best so the best, best of part, of
2: course, so far was just how well it's worked. Now, I'm not going to say easy, right? But how this there's this big, I think you kind of talked about it. Oh, it's 3,000 miles away and you haven't seen it. It's scary. You've got your friends saying you're buying what and you're not going there and all you've got is a few emails and some pictures and you're about to to do it. And um, so the best part for me was just how set up the process was and, and how I wasn't as risky, or I shouldn't say as nervous, if I wasn't approaching it through through the platform with Roofstock. But for me, it was just it was exciting, right? Like I said, I'm I'm excited. I'm moving around in my chair. Is it, it was really exciting to finally be able to invest in some investment properties and feel confident about it because I had a good team and a good structure, and it was set up for me. It was kind of like you know when you get those food kits and it's like oh you know first do this then you do that then you do that you know it's, some, it's something there to walk you through these steps of how to make sure that you build something and worthwhile rather than buying something in the store going how the heck do I do this right or you know so yeah. having everything set up for me and, and having someone to walk me through being a, a investor out of state was great that was like I said it was just exciting
1: and no one, no one can see Michael, but he's grinning <laughs> ear to ear right
2: now as we're talking about yeah. this. It's so great. Uh, it's it, so great. Uh, I just love it. Especially you're fresh. You're
0: fresh off of a recent purchase. So it's like that feeling after a recent purchase is like, there's nothing like it.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, when the yeah, notary comes over and it's like, all right, sign the docs. He's like, yes, right? Yeah. We did it.
0: We did it. Yeah,
2: that was a great feeling. So then, yeah, some more challenging, you know, I, I would <laughs> say, you know, obviously – very yeah, diplomatically yeah, said. Yeah, challenging, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> challenging would be, you know, there's the, the simple stuff of pulling all the documents for your lender, right? Oh, just, you know, yeah, hey, explain yeah. this and explain that and tax forms. Oh, gosh. But, you know, that's, that's easily overcome. You know, I, I think some of the most challenging is, is I did go into escrow on one house in between my current two. And it was it. It looked good on paper. This looks like a great deal. And I may have executed too quickly on that one, right? And then I started finding out, oh, this is way out in a rural part. It's an hour away from anything. And I went, oh no, I, I went too quick. I got too a little too confident. In my first one I had to unwind that. Everything worked out. But i really, I've been really fortunate. I guess right now the most challenging is just trying to get um, both houses turned and get a few houses uh, repairs done and get them online, get them rented, right?
0: Yeah. I was just going to um, ask, was it hard to assemble the team? I feel like a lot of people, they think about, I have to find a lender, a property manager, all these different parts, and it gets a little overwhelming. Was that harder or easier than you expected it to be, to find all the people on your team?
2: Definitely easier than expected. You know, Like I said, when we first started talking, when I about Tucson. I thought about Tucson and buying Tucson for years. Yeah. And it never happened because I didn't know where to start. Who's the property manager? Who's an agent? I didn't know. But I mean, I was just looking on Roofstock. And then I got a call I said, Hey, you know, we've noticed you've been logged in. You're looking at a few properties. What can we help you with? And I said, Oh, kind of looking. And, and then when my buddy bought his house, again, that team was, again, kind of a little bit already there. So I got to ride the coattails. But and then we actually got to go to Roofstock's headquarters and meet uh, quite a few people face to face. That was great too, because then it was, there's something about that physical connection, you know, being able to say, hey, we've met, we've talked, you know, that's you right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Jason from our team who you worked with told me you came to the Roofstock Summit earlier this year.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it was a great event. Being able to meet you know, not only Jason Pavon, Jason Green, Amy Kirsch uh, Rebecca, I mean, it was just phenomenal to, you know, you know, be in such a small setting and being able to meet everybody and be like, okay, great. I'm all, you know, let me, let me pick your brain about this. Or what do you think about that? Because there's, there was so much experience in the room, you know, with, you know, he's been doing this many deals for many years. And here I am the first time guy just salivating for information and knowledge. So <laughs> it was great.
1: That's great. Michael, you brought up a really great point that I want to circle back to about the documents, getting yeah, them to your yeah. lender. And uh, I couldn't agree more that it's such a pain <laughs> in the butt. Uh, so what? Uh, two questions. Was it easier the second time? And now having done it twice, have you set up any kind of system so that it's going to be easier for the third? Yeah, the third good for- question.
2: So I, I used two different lenders. So uh, okay. I, I was hoping to use the first lender again, just because it was the deal was so fresh from the first one, you know, hey, use these same tax returns. Right. But with uh, with the market right now and when rates were coming down, they their rates weren't as competitive as this other lender mm. that actually Jason Green had told me about when I met him in person. So thank you, Jason Green. That uh, and he told me, Hey, you know, that and I went to them and it worked out. So I actually had to pull all the documents and put them in two different sites and work with two different so that's okay but yeah to your point yeah now I've got a folder on my computer of here's all my you know here's all my paycheck stubs here's my tax returns right my last two months of bank statements because hopefully the third fourth fifth etc house are are right around the corner too
0: awesome Emil, you do something similar too right yeah I think I think we had an episode a couple months ago where we're talking about systems and things we do just to make the process easier and that was one of them just keep a folder with like all the prior year tax returns and all the things you have to give to a lender because it's such a nuisance to have to collect them every single time.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. But the good news is that 80% of lenders are going to ask for the same docs. Mm -hmm. You know, for the most part. And so you just drag and drop and then some might ask for some unique stuff and then, okay, so it's the one off, you go get it. But if if you've got a folder, I'd argue that, you know, 80, 90% of legwork's
0: already done. You also gave a really underrated tip earlier that i want to highlight for everyone listening in that your friends and people you know being a guinea pig is actually a super good way to to find a market or to even like start an investing it's like let them kind of figure it out and have some suggestions for you and then you can ride their coattails like you mentioned yeah
2: yeah totally agree worked out for me so
0: (laughs) that's like yeah it's like in, in uh, bicycling,
1: cycling, like drafting, right? You let the person in front of you take all the wind resistance and you yeah. come on right behind them. It's like, oh, cool. Easy, yeah, smooth right? sailing. Michael, what would you say to everybody who's listening out there who has never done a deal and who's Ooh, just thinking about it?
2: That's a good one. You know, I'll go back to, you know, one of my favorite words execute, you know, do your diligence, do your homework reach out to others. There's blogs, there's forums, there's podcasts, right? There's people out there who who want to help just for the sake of helping, you know, pick their brains, read a good book about it, but at the same time, don't sit on the sidelines forever. You got ex- to do it, right? You got to execute.
0: Great. Well, I got shivers. I got chills. Who? There is no <laughs> better teacher than just doing. That's right. Love
1: it. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, Michael, we've got some quick okay. fire questions here for you that I would love to, to ask you. And it's kind of just okay. one or the other first reaction. But the first two, I just are kind of picking okay. your brain. Do you have a favorite book that pertains to investing Ooh. at all?
2: Oh, great question. You know, I don't know if I would say I have one that pertains to investing in particular. I love to read. How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think that's a great one because you're going to be working with people. So. Such a good one. So maybe it is investing because you're investing the people and you're working with people to get your deals done. I love the one thing, you know. I, was, I think yeah, Gary Keller right, or Keller Williams. I thought that was a great book too. Some of my favorites.
1: Yeah, yeah, both excellent. What about? Do you have a favorite quote?
2: Oh yeah. Also, again, from the reading, tons of quotes, but I think the one that probably speaks best to this audience right now is is by Warren Buffett. You know, it says, "If you don't find a way to make money while you're sleeping, you'll work until you die." And so, you know, setting up some passive income. It just uh, that quote just. Sticks with me, you know, all all the way down to my core on that one.
1: That's great. Love it. That's great. Okay, so the quick, the true, quick fire questions now. Okay. So, cash flow <laughs> or appreciation? Cash flow. Local or remote investing? I think Oops. I know the answer to this. Yeah,
2: one. it's remote. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> wow, love it. Love it. <laughs> Single family or multifamily?
2: Oh, so I'll have to say single family because that's the only thing I've got in my portfolio now. But hoping to get into that multifamily eventually.
1: Love it. Turnkey or rehab project?
2: Oh, same thing. It's going to be turnkey for right now, but uh, excited for the opportunities to get into some some rehab down the road.
1: Okay, midnight oil or early bird worm?
2: Midnight oil, guilty.
1: Okay, yeah. and last one: olive oil or butter?
2: olive oil okay olive oil yeah. nicely done <laughs> that's funny
0: <laughs> are we keeping tallies of all these like how how we're scoring because we've been Who's, asking these a lot i know yeah we totally should and then we could have an olive oil and butter off yeah. that's right <laughs> Emil, any other questions from you no michael thanks so much for coming on it was it was really awesome to learn from you and and learn a little bit more about your journey
1: Thank you so much for being on with us today. It was such a pleasure having you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I I appreciate the opportunity to join. I had a blast.
1: Really did. Absolutely. And we'll have to have you on after you get your next two deals done and then you'll share with us what that journey has looked like. Yeah, sign me up. Awesome. Love it. Love it.
0: All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again to this week's episode. And a big, big thank you to Michael F., for coming on and sharing his story. I know a lot of it's very valuable for people who are thinking about it, but haven't been sure, just to hear someone else's experience. And if you guys have a minute, please also go subscribe so you get every new episode and leave us a review. And just let us know what you think of the episode. And Michael, do you want to tell listeners about a cool little promotion we have going on right now? Yeah. So we're giving away $100 off a Roostock Academy
1: enrollment using the coupon code PODCAST at checkout. So the Roofstock Academy, for anyone who doesn't know, is a education branch of Roofstock where we have one-on-one coaching with coaches like myself, Tom, and Emil. We have over 50 hours of on-demand lectures. We have access to exclusive Slack channels, as well as a $750 marketplace credit that you get back after you close on your first property when transacting through Roofstock. So again, that's coupon code podcast for $100 off a Roofstock Academy enrollment. And you can check us out at roofstockacademy.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll catch you on the next one.